You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, a backyard in-ground pool? It's the American dream. The Jameis Winston story just got worse. And an actual uplifting story from midair on a flight. Drew Olson, our special guest today from the Big 920 Milwaukee. All that plus your internet shopping free ride is over. All you need is about 45 minutes of downtime, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Monday, June 25th, 2018. Great to be back at it. Into the teeth of the summer doldrums. I just got back from my in-laws in Collegeville, PA. My brother-in-law, Todd. That's right, the Todd. The brother-in-law who knows just enough about sports to be dangerous. And really has relished that title now. And my sister-in-law, Yvonne. Have a backyard in-ground swimming pool! It is uh, it is glorious. I got to say that even though I grew up on the quote mean streets of McLean, Virginia, very few of my friends had in-ground swimming pools. And those who did, and there was a couple, uh, Kyan Putbrees had an in-ground swimming pool. Andy Lee, of course, the best man at my wedding, had a swimming pool. Uh, you know, it was the province of the rich. I mean, like the rich, rich. To have a swimming pool. Not that they acted rich, per se. You know, Andy Lee's father was a doctor. Andy's a doctor. Andy's sister is a doctor. Andy's brother is a doctor. They're all doctors. And they're just great, great people. Uh, they didn't act rich. But, you know, they had a nice house with a pool. So, nowadays, it seems like more people have in-ground swimming pools as a percentage and if you were to sort by, you know, uh, where people rank on the, you know, income spectrum, my my brother and sister in law are hardly rich. Uh, they're they're certainly comfortable upper middle class. They both work though. She's a teacher. He's in IT for Capital One, and uh, you know, they finally decided after a number of years to get a swimming pool. Basically, she wanted it more than anything else because she's a pool girl and likes to relax by the pool and go swimming and. Uh, has worked her ass off and deserves it. And, you know, one kid is already in college, the older son. The younger son is about to go to college. Uh, the younger son, when we were up there, he didn't even, he spent most of the one good day, Sunday, inside playing PUBG. Had to get him, had to drag him out to the pool. When we finally got him out there, we played catch with a little pool football. He tried to catch every pass I threw him with one hand. Like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Worst thing to ever happen to kids, Odell Beckham Jr. in that one-handed stupid catch. Because we're trying to have a catch. He's dropping everything. It's deflecting off his hand. It's going out of the pool. I'm like, Luke, can you just use two hands? No, I want to try to do it. I'm like, okay, fine. But I was, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Todd, he likes having the pool. But he he likes 
my brother-in-law Todd's a tinkerer. You know, and being in IT, he loves to solve problems and fix things and, you know, know how things work, you know. He knows how computers work and how networks work, so he loves the knowing of how his pool works. Even when he doesn't quite know how it works, he likes fiddling with it. You know, he sat there and he was fiddling with the remote control for his pool for hours at a time, pressing buttons. Yeah, the pool has a remote control now to, uh, you know, what pumps are on, the circulation, there's a little cascading wall, heat up the hot tub, da 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 And also, the joys of owning a pool is such that, well, <laughs> there's always something. His pool is brand new, and it already has an accumulation of some kind of <sighs> calcium, I guess, on the rock wall and on the tile on the far end. And uh, he spent a good two hours or so just scraping away using this uh acid wash on it and a brush i'm sitting there drinking a beer watching i'm thinking man you are chipping away at this and this is going to keep coming back and keep coming back if you're going to own a pool as i've been told you better love owning a pool you better be ready to be committed to it with that said we turn to Jameis Winston. I know I talked about this on Friday on the show, on the Zabecast here, but we're back again because turns out the story has gotten worse. How has it gotten worse? Because we now know that the third mystery man in that Uber with Jameis Winston and Ronald Darby is, is a guy who's currently in jail for rape. Good. 15 God. years. His name is Brandon Banks, not the former Redskin wideout return man who's playing in the CFL. I saw Brandon Banks' highlight from the CFL this past weekend. Good to see that he's uh, he's doing well, I guess. He's in the CFL. How well can you be? But whatever. Different Brandon Banks went to Vanderbilt, uh, charged with and convicted of rape 15 years in prison. According to the story, this guy Brandon Banks' is attorney said the league was not able to talk to their client, his client, because he's in jail. And the story that they're putting forward is that Brandon Banks doesn't know what happened that night because he was not in the Uber with Winston and Darby. The, he was with Winston and Darby earlier in the night, but when the time came, Banks got into a separate car and it was Winston alone. It was Banks and Darby in a different car. Winston alone was in that Uber with the woman. And he says he does not know what happened because he was not in that car. And that's all he's got to say. And back to prison he goes. Talk about a bad look for the league. I don't know how the league is going to spin this because it's going to look bad. Any which way they go with this. How do they defend suspending Winston for any amount of games, yet pretend like, well, we don't know if he grabbed her there. We don't know if he committed sexual assault. That is going to be a real finesse job. And if this suspension stands, and it looks like he did it, then he will have served only one half the sentence of one Tom Brady for deflating footballs. That is not a good look for the league. And believe me, people are going to howl bloody murder. One commenter pointed out, though, that unfortunately Winston has a two-comma salary in a three-comma industry, so he'll take his suspension deal and just await change of the news cycle and nothing will come of it. 
unless video is somehow leaked. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think a number of Uber drivers do record their uh, their rides. I think that's legal. I don't know. Some cab companies do. I don't know the laws on that, but still. I'm not, I don't think there's any video to come out on this. One uh, lawyer, obviously, on Pro Football Talk's message board comments or their comment section of the story. And I think this is good information. Sounds good information, but you never know. Several points I do not think have been made yet, writes this commenter. Many believe that the woman who alleged the conduct by Winston, that because she has not sued or that the criminal and or civil statute of limitations has expired, this may or may not be true. In the law, he writes, there is a device called a fictitious defendant or a John Doe lawsuit that is used to toll the statute of limitations. So a search of court records may not disclose the given suit that could be pending against Winston. The lawsuit may also be filed, quote, under seal, so it does not become part of the public record. The alleged victim may have already filed a suit and is waiting for the NFL to conclude its investigation and levy punishment before her lawyers then subpoena or file a discovery request for the NFL's investigative files. See, that would be crafty right there. Like, hey, let's sit back. The league is going to investigate this. They'll do all our work for us, and then boom, we'll just say, give us, hand that over, because we're now going to sue. There could be detailed reports on Winston's phone records to determine if there were indeed separate rides. Such litigation tactics could expose the NFL's internal investigative process and embarrass the league. Sure, it could embarrass the... That's assuming the league is capable of being embarrassed, which I'm not sure they are. Depending on what the NFL letter says is the reason for imposing discipline, Goodell may become a material witness then. Depending on the jurisdiction of the alleged victim, could also agree to not testify for monetary compensation as the criminal statute of limitations may have expired, making those charges impossible while she still owns the right to a civil claim. In short, writes this commenter, this is far from over and the facts will continue to trickle out if Winston disputes the suspension or if the victim has initiated litigation under seal or again or under a John Doe defendant type suit. Buckle up. It's not over. It's only beginning. Of course a year ago what was the vibe on Jameis Winston? Leader. This guy. Leader because Tampa was on hard knocks. Winston was being shown in a positive light, and guys who should know better, like Will Brinson, were writing the following, quote, this season of hard knocks on HBO has been both a welcome and pleasant surprise and also a platform for Jameis Winston to really showcase his leadership abilities. Think or say whatever you want about Winston in his past, but NFL Films and HBO have helped to humanize the former number one overall pick humanize who who was making him out to be a robot of course he's human human with flaws human with deficiencies human with depth and complexity always humanize my ass here's one of those leadership moments he was apparently giving a bit of advice to one Deshaun kaiser of the cleveland browns after a preseason game hey patience is the easiest way all right take my word because i'm a risk taker all right, have patience. You got you, who you got as a uh, you got Coach Jackson. Coach Jackson. So listen to him. Let him guide you. But patience is the easy way. Taking that ball down, even though you got that cannon, 
listen to me because they ain't gonna tell you that. Because you got that. You spoiled, all right? You blessed. All right? Do your thing. Hey, good luck with everybody. Then there was this. Winston's leadership was the primary theme of much of Tuesday's episode, wrote another story. Cameras captured him leading meetings and going over the playbook in a hotel room with receiver Deshaun Jackson. Wow, really? Like he's doing footballish stuff, football things. Here was Jameis before a preseason game, after they practiced with the Jaguars all week long. Nobody gives a head tilting, huh? Preseason speech, quite like Jameis Winston. Hey, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Right now, I'm wasting time. Right now, I am wasting I know. time. You wasted time been by saying that twice. All week, I'm still wasting time. Guess what? Mm-hmm. I can't rewind it. I can't rewind that. No, time. nobody wants this you to rewind it. This is the only time we got to show what we got. This is the only time we got to beat them boys. I, again, I can't rewind it. I hope you heard me the first time. I did. Do not rewind tonight. I heard, I heard you four Do times. Do not yeah. rewind tonight. Do not put that shit on motion, right? Do not rewind Come on. tonight. Let's finish that. Let's finish that. Let's finish that. Let's finish that. There you go. Do not rewind tonight. Uh, nobody wants to rewind a preseason game, I can assure you of that. I love uh, stories like, th- this was a blog post by somebody, and these comments are hilarious. While the Bucks quarterback still occasionally shows a lack of maturity, and let's not forget he's only, he's still only 23. <laughs> yes, somebody wrote that. He's still only 23. Well, when when do you want that maturity to show up? When you're 30? Winston, said this one blogger, is a real deal leader. Hmm. Of course, the, all this happened after the Uber incident, which was in 2016. So it's possible that both were true. But I really think it's just the media and the the distorting glare of cameras and a reality show, Hard Knocks which is like every other reality show, not real. In fact, it's the opposite of reality. If only they'd have a word for uh, fake out, f- fake fakeality, something like that. Here's uh, Michelle Beadle on Get Up about Jameis Winston last week. Years ago, when he was still in college, I was very outspoken about what kind of character I thought Jameis Winston was and is. Uh, and I was killed by a, a lovely group of humans that identify themselves as, as hashtag FSU Twitter. Um, we, all, we all receive all kinds of good things. This was a specific group of people that wanted to die on the hill that this particular gentleman uh, is a good character and fit to lead a team and fit to be the face of a franchise. And I was wrong. And I am this and this and this. And now here we are. Um, I don't have much to say other than I am 0% shocked. I'm 0% shocked we're back in this situation. I'm 0% shocked that Jameis Winston and the words basically sexual assault again are going together. This is a, this is a bed that the Buccaneers made, and now they get to sleep in it. Okay, Michelle Beadle with the last word on that. Roger Goodell, uh, call your office. Probably wanted to spend the better part of this part of the summer just on vacation with Jane but uh, in one of his many mansions. But uh, this is going to require some hands-on massaging, no question about it. Usually when it comes to stories from the not-so-friendly skies, as I call them, it's always tales of disgusting acts, sexual assaults, you name it, on airplanes. This is an actual feel-good story.
Headline, teen on Alaska Airlines flight helps blind and deaf passenger traveling alone goes viral. Wow. Blind and deaf and traveling alone. A 15-year-old girl is being praised for her hands-on approach after helping a blind and deaf passenger while he was traveling alone on an Alaska Airlines flight last week. One Clara Daly, 15, and her mom, Jane, were traveling home from Boston, Mass. to L.A. when their flight was canceled. They were booked on another flight where the pair encountered one Tim Cook. No, not Apple's Tim Cook, although some would say that he's deaf and blind (laughs) to where the company is going. And... He had been visiting his sister in Boston, this man who is deaf and blind. Uh, the Alaska Airlines, another Alaska Airlines passenger said, I observed a woman sitting in the man's, signing into a man's hands so he could feel her words. After watching them for a few minutes, I realized the man was both deaf and blind. Apparently, uh, during the flight, flight attendants did really discovered this, that he was deaf and blind, and so went around asking if anyone could communicate with him. And this young gal, who, beautiful 15-year-old girl, knew uh, American Sign Language, ASL, and went up to the man and started signing into his hands so he could feel her signing. And there's photos and videos of this. Ah, just what we needed. A little dollop of feel-good to make us say, you know what? Humanity is not doomed yet. It may be on the ropes sometimes you feel like it, but actual humanity is not dead yet. Are you ready? All right, right, Drew Olson, how are you going to frickin' get through the long summer swim in sports radio (laughs) now that we are in it, baby? We we are into the summer doldrums. How are you going to get through it? Well, the motto of my show, one of the secondary mottos, is sports and stuff, but mostly stuff. So we talk about a lot of stuff. Okay, okay, good. Grilling, any- music, TVs, Netflix brackets, you know, stuff like that. Do you have any hot topics that I could borrow for the upcoming summer days and doldrums and months? Oh, um, we, we did a, a spin the other day on, because my daughter is about to start working in my building here as a radio promotions assistant. Oh, your best daughter. summer job ever. What, what was your best summer job? Best, best and worst. Best or favorite? Favorite. Best, worst, favorite, whatever. Summer jobs. That's a whole day. My first summer job, as I recall, my first job job was working at Woody's driving range. Uh, and I was 16 years old. I just got my driver's license so I could drive the 15 miles or so out to uh, Woody's Range. And I earned something ridiculous like $6 an hour to hand pick the back of the driving range after they closed at 10 p.m. With only the auxiliary lights on, so it was really hard <laughs> to see. And all we could think about, we're hand picking the back of the range, right? Yeah. And we're thinking, why the fuck are we picking the balls? They're going to be here in the morning. Like, just leave them here. We have a tractor that you know, <laughs> Exactly. But but Woody Fitzhugh was a bit of a hard ass, bit old school, and he's like, I want the back of that range picked. He was over the hill where you really couldn't see because the auxiliary lighting for balls that, you know, were not going anywhere. But I, I did like the job. Oh, and then on our off hours, if we wanted to hit range balls, 
you would think, Drew, that would be what? Free, right? A perk, yeah, absolutely. Hit they, as many as you want. There's so no you're... hard cost to that. It's just one of our buddies would be out there picking them up that day when we're off duty. Yeah. Did Woody give us free range balls? No. He gave us discounted range oh, balls. 50% wow. off. What a chiseler. <laughs> a total chiseler. But it, it, and, and at the times at the, at the time I thought, what a chiseler. But then as the years went by, I kind of respected the old schoolness of it. The whole like, hey, you know what? There's no free rides in life. You got to do the job right, even if it's a pain in the ass. And, you know, he was kind of, I think he was kind of instilling that in our minds. That's pretty cool. So, you know, there's a story. Now, everybody's got that story. And there are or, good summer jobs and bad summer yeah. jobs. Or he's a chi- or he was a chiseler. Well, that too. But he, but you admired the work ethic, and he gave you sort of a template for the way Boss Hog runs his business. I, I suppose so. Uh, you know, I we have I know a I know a family relative of our in laws who does not permit their daughters to earn more than like three dollars an hour babysitting. Oh my God! Yeah, even though what's the going rate for babysitting now in terms of dollars per hour? It's a what eight to ten at least, right? Yeah, and at some least. and some parents are so glad to get out of the house and to oh. get away from their kids, they'll just throw a fifty or like here's a hundred, you know. And the apparently the uh, the friends of our in laws uh, or in laws in laws, the reason is they don't want their kids, they don't want their daughters getting a false sense of how easy it is to make money because oh that's not the God. real world. They don't want them to get a sense of. Oh, well, I, you know, I made $12 an hour babysitting. Why shouldn't I make $50 an hour now that I'm in Corporation XYZ? And you know what? I kind of respect it. I kind of dig it. Okay, we've killed now six uh, minutes. Well, a little yeah, bit less than four six minutes. minutes. What, do you, what do you got for a summer job? Oh, for my, it's funny First, because... First, best, worst, what do you got? My Well, the best was I worked for the Parks Department in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, my hometown. And my dad was a captain of police, so it was complete nepotism. If there had been an inspiring journalist there to realize that I was partnered with the fire chief's kid, and everybody who worked there was, like, connected because we knew when to apply for these gigs. Yeah. And the fire chief's kid and I drove around in a truck with a trailer hauling a tractor around to eight baseball diamonds a day, and we had to water them and groom this with this groom them with a tractor that had spikes in the front and a broom in the back, kind of a little Zamboni action. So you were a roving grounds crew. I was a roving grounds crew for the uh, baseball and softball facilities in Menominee Falls, getting them ready for that night's play. What age? I was uh, college. It was eighteen. Well, eighteen to twenty. Okay. Yeah. And did you love it? I or didn't. Did you I didn't like love it? getting up at seven in the morning when I'd been out often until two. <laughs> <laughs> because the hours were 7 to 3.30, but I had a killer tan. We drove around, and like it, it was not a, a demanding job. Like One of us could do the diamond, and the other one could sleep off the, the previous evening. Because you're not doing a lot of hand-raking of shit. No, you're on no. vehicles, you're on machines. We, we are vehicles, machines, we had to, and we had a huge hose, and we had to hook up to the fire hydrant and water That's the diamonds. That's kind of fun. It was, it was cool, and it was one of those jobs that it could take – we had eight hours to do it, so there was no alacrity there. There was no urgency. It was like we got all day to do these things, and we could do them really quick, or we could take our time. If you did them quick, could you, you knock off for the day? Well, what? No. Oh, you had to. We were we were contractually obligated until three thirty. Yeah. Okay, so, so you we, couldn't go anywhere. We stretched it all day. <laughs> how, how fast could you do all the fields if you guys humped? If it? we were humped, well, because of the travel and the takedown and stuff, it was probably only 
it literally be about a six and a half hour hitch. You got a half hour for lunch. But okay. probably about we could probably get it done in about six. So we could have knocked okay. off at like one, but we stretched it to three. Two man crew. Took it out. Yep, two man crew. And who was who was your buddy that did it with you? Uh, the fire chief's kid named David Falcher. See, that's a, now that's a great gig because it was awesome. It's it was sports awesome. related. You're kind of unsupervised. You have a buddy with you, so it's a oh, buddy job. Yes, I and like we had it. a radio. I'll tell you, we had a, a radio where we knew where attractive women lived and were laying out and we would make it a point to drive uh, by we their got homes a, we got a betty over on fifth and uh constitution Ten, it was the no 1069 was the code 1069 <laughs> so she was a 10 and you'd like the 69 1069 yeah! was the code to say that whoever was out so we got then, a so 1069 then, here now, our buddies had other jobs, like some of them were stuck at one park cutting grass all day and picking up garbage cans and cleaning bathrooms and things like that. And so they were kind of landlocked, but we would move around. We were we were mobile. So that was a good job. You man. were the strike crew. Yes. In other words. And it was minimum wage, but it was not uh it wasn't right, taxing good. and I was I had a killer tan all summer. Good. On to other important things happening in the dead of summer. Did you see the viral video of the kangaroo that invaded the soccer pitch? In Australia. Spectacular. It, it is spectacular. Now, normally these clickbait videos, you're like, kangaroo invades soccer pitch. Hilarity ensues. And it's a little bit of a lie because there was not hilarity. The kangaroo didn't take a shit on somebody. It didn't leg hump four people. It, did, it just laid down in front of the goal. And then when a guy kicked the soccer ball at it, it kind of made a save, right? Yeah. But then what was spectacular was to see the kangaroo hopping at full speed down the pitch as play resumed in the game, right? Isn't that the spectacular part of it, to see just how quick a kangaroo could be in covering an entire soccer field if kangaroos were allowable as strikers? And given their propensity to kick, it got me to thinking, Drew, how long would it take to train a kangaroo? To be a mid-level striker at some degree of organized (laughs) soccer. Well, the other viral video I saw this weekend was a police dog giving CPR. Shut up. Have you seen that one? No, I need to look that one up. Google that one because it's the Animal Kingdom just amazing us this weekend. That that could be a theme, too. Real CPR or fake CPR? Well, it was their training, so it's not like a guy was... But an officer goes down like he's had a heart attack or something, and a dog runs up and is like basically pouncing and landing with his front paws on the guy's chest, in the center of the guy's chest. Did was his CPR slightly better than Michael Scott's in the office? <laughs> yes, that's all I wanted. To that's all it has to did, be. Did did a dog carve off the face and then put it on like uh, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, like Dwight Schrute in that scene? No. <laughs> oh, there it is! Ugh. Look at that. The dog is doing CPR. That's adorable. It is but, awesome. But can the dog actually uh, give mouth to mouth? Because that's half of the battle. Well, it's now, not just the chest compressions. Well, now they're saying chest compressions is all you need. The new CPR, you're, you're not up to speed. You're not certified. Really? The new CPR is like all chest compressions. Oh, well, yeah, the, 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 the dog did give a little mouth to... <laughs> 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 oh, and this is a woman, too. She's got some nice little titties, too. The, the mm-hmm. dog is... Uh, dog that... is mashing on them. <laughs> Actually, the dog is not touching the, the tatas. Oh. Dog, uh, honestly, the dog looks like it's mashing on her stomach. So yeah, which so, yeah. It's a, and it's a German Shepherd. 
But it is adorable, though. German Shepherds know what the fuck's going on, man. German Shepherds are smart as shit. Great dogs. We don't own one, but I know people that do. And uh, if you can put up with the hair and the size and the strength of them, then, yeah, incredible dog. So, okay. Uh, how much time do we got left here? Um, we, we've killed 10 minutes so far. 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> see, right, this is let's it. Let's keep this it going. Okay, this is the summer. Did you see Alex Bregman shaved his mustache between innings? While playing for the Houston Astros this weekend. I did not see that, but it's awesome. Okay. You, Drew, having covered Major League Baseball for a long time. What is or is not acceptable to do between innings during an actual game? Oh, man. Guys could do their taxes between innings. <laughs> are, I mean, kidding me? What, what in all your years of covering the game have you seen people do? Or heard of guys doing between innings? All right. Well, here's one for you. Like, during a game... Um, when I was covering the Brewers, their third base coach was named Rich Donnelly, and I had to give him hand signals of how his Steubenville High School team was doing on a Friday night. He was a fan of Steubenville, uh, Steubenville, Ohio. He's from there. The Big Red, the football team that's you know plays in the huge stadium. Okay. They had the rape case not long ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's such a big fan, and um, in the inter- internet era, I could get like scores, and I would he would look up – the Brewers would be – you know, they'd be, the changeover, the, vis- the uh, visiting pitcher would be warming up. And he'd be out at the third base coaching box, and he'd look up at the press box, and I had to give him – we had a little hand signal thing working out. Like, I was giving signs to the third base coach of what the score was. <laughs> okay, so there's that. But what – I mean, have you heard of ball players doing shit between innings? You're like, wow, you did that between innings, huh? Taking shits. No, that, the, the, generally not. Okay. Eating. Uh, well, eating. Taking a dump. Crushing, oh, so, crushing a burger or something. So are you allowed to eat between innings? Well, they have cliff bars and stuff like that. Yeah, you. the guys do. Uh, first sure. of all, what is? do you need a hall pass in a major league dugout to go down the tunnel into the clubhouse? In? No, absolutely not. So no, any player rain. in the dugout can be like any uh, gerbil in a habit trail and just go burp, 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 and go down into the clubhouse for whatever reason. Yes, but if you're needed, if the guy, if you're needed to pinch runner, you better be ready. You better be Aren't alert. there TVs in the clubhouse with the game going oh, on? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and there will be like, you and know, starting clubbies. pitchers lounging in there and stuff. And... Aren't there clubbies in there as well to yeah. let you know, like, hey, uh, hey, Johnson, looks like they might need to pinch here. They'll, you better get out there. We got two like, on right now. In the Well, yeah, you can go to the batting cage. Like, they, they'll have a little, they have a room with a T generally. Right. And then right. the batting cage is usually like sometimes across the hall. You can be in the weight room riding a bike, but there are, there's always a TV or a radio on to tell you what's going on in the game. But your responsibility is to be ready if called upon. Yeah. I once covered a game where, uh, like, the first play of the game, like, center fielder pulled a hamstring or something, and there was this huge long delay, and then all of a sudden, I remember it was Devon White was uh, with the Brewers. He was a veteran at the time. And um, then all of a sudden he comes jogging out to take the center fielder's place. And I'm like, what the hell took so long? It's like, well, Devo, was he wasn't really dressed. He didn't have his <laughs> cleats on. And he was probably sitting at his locker and his phone because there was a guy early in the cell phone era, Devon White was on his phone constantly. I mean, I, really? that was when you were paying by the minute. And I thought, man, this guy making $5 million a year, $4 million of it is his fucking cell phone bill. Yeah. And you're not allowed to have cell phones in the dugout? Uh, not in the dugout, no. Because that, that can lead to cheating. But is no, that, but so he yeah, was right. not ready. And, and you see guys sometimes when there's a fight, there's a good one when there's a fight late in the late innings. And pitchers are out of the game and stuff, and they're already like undressed, working out, doing their their post uh, shoulder work and stuff like that. They'll come out. They, of the they come clubhouse. ambling out as the thing has already been like drifting apart, and the teams are it's broken up. They'll come out of the clubhouse like with flip flops on, and like they, because they're 
They've already they're already down to their underwear doing their cuff work and but stuff. But they feel they need to be out but there. But they have to, to go show out there. support like exactly. in case shit gets really real, they're there in their flip-flops to I don't know, fight somebody. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, you don't but you're you as long as you don't miss your responsibilities, you can go down there, sure. So Bregman shaving is okay by you. Shaving his little mustache off. Didn't have a real big mustache, but it was gone by the next at bat. People were like, "Hey, uh, what the Oh, Looks like well, somebody shaved. Instead of taking a dump, he went to the, the sink and shaved it off. I guess so. And you know what? If you're struggling, if you're scuffling, anything will do. That's the beauty of it. That's, Isn't that the beauty of it? Speaking of that, uh, how do you feel about the shift in Major League Baseball? Well, some people think it's choking the game. It's, uh, it's the evolution of the game. I just think, okay, you want to... You, you can either bitch about the shift and or, continue to ground out to the guy who's playing short in short right field. Or bunt into it. Or, or fucking or hit bunt the away other way. From it or yeah. hit the other way. Hit okay. the other way. But everyone's saying, well, adjust your hitting. In fact, I heard A-Rod say this last night, and I want your thoughts on that Sunday night broadcast in just a second. So hold oh, yeah. that thought. Uh, I heard A-Rod say this last night. He's like, I'm against it. Hit, you know, Just learn to adjust your hitting. Everyone keeps saying that, but apparently either teams or players are incapable of it or they're just not yet doing it. So why hasn't there been an, an easy defeat of extreme shifts so far in baseball? That's a great question because it must have something to do with the analytics. The analytics must say just keep trying it because you're better if you're, you know, Joey Votto or somebody, your chances of hitting it and getting a hit through the shift are better than you trying to adjust and slap it the other way. I So you don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have a reason for it, but it, that would seem to me that that would help counteract it. Just a couple of well-placed you know, shots the other way. We have now, we're seeing teams where they shift based on the count when the batter's up. Right. Because yeah, so the, go, the oh. data mining is going that deep. It's that deep. Yeah. Well, oh, we're going to go over and always, you know, you see the third baseman go over and play second, you know, and like they, they leave the whole left side of the infield open. But I'm just saying just like try to slap it the other way because I remember playing baseball in the sandlot as a kid and we didn't have a right fielder. So if you hit the right field, it was an out. So you couldn't hit the right field. Right, right. Or if the conversely, if you did have a right fielder and the weakest player was out there, you'd always try to hit it to the weakest player. Would you have to write exceptions no. to the rule like, you know, the game on the line, bringing everybody in, you know, and, and just saying we're going to bring everybody in? I'm going to prevent against that. Say, no, well, yeah, if the can't. game is on the line, and then you can, it's okay well, to bring an extra infielder in from the outfield. I just don't see a scenario where you can tell people like wh- what where to you do. Can, what to do? Like, let them play where, deploy your fielders as you want. But Major League Baseball attendance is down. Yes, and not insignificantly. I believe the number I saw was at least eight to ten percent league wide. Your thoughts on that? Well, there's a couple of things. It's multi-layered. There are a lot of teams that just suck. There's ten teams that just I have no chance, right? Okay. That are and we have a, we could have a historic number of teams losing a hundred games, I think. Okay, which that doesn't compel people to go to the ballpark. And we have, I don't know that it's so much the shifting; it's just the strikeouts, walks, strikeouts. It's uh, I I was at a game last night. In fact, my new summer job, part-time official scorer. I've been serving as an official scorer. At have the, you really? Uh, at Miller Park, yes. Good for you. Yes. Do you like uh, doing that? It is really hard, but it's fun challenging it's a little bit like managing you have to be hyper aware of everything that's going on and i've i didn't realize that one third of the major league rule book is dedicated to scoring decisions 
get out of here. It's crazy, man. And all the things and all the ramifications. That was, was just hits errors. Are these well? It's hits errors. Are these runs earned? Who gets? You know, there's an oh, error on a. There's right. an error on a rundown. But Zabe, you made a good throw, so you still get an assist. And it's like stuff. Right. It's really deep, granular minutia. But I, I worked the game the other night. It was three hours and nineteen minutes. It was two to one. There were six hits in the game. Now it wasn't Jesus. a horrible game. Uh, Jesus Aguilar ended a, a walk off that Brewers beat the Cardinals. And three and a half hours for a three, two one game. Three nineteen for hits. a two one game, and the teams combined for six hits. Oh, for fuck's sake! So you're going five minutes be- without the ball being put in play. And in this game, I'm pretty sure there were only for both teams there were only two putouts in the outfield. Well, there's no doubt so, there needs to be more balls in play. Yes, that there has been an and, overload of true outcomes, home runs, and or strikeouts. True. How but, would you go about tweaking the game but, to make sure more balls are in play? Part bigger, of what it, bigger where we're bats, at, bigger well, balls, uh, lower the mound, well, part uh, move of, the mound back. Part of what we're seeing is this: that there's never been this many guys throwing 98. Like it's just ridiculous. Right. The, right. The, we've the power pitchers and the pitching technology techniques, training methods, whatever it is. I mean, they're still getting injured a lot. But the pitching, to, the depth of pitching, you didn't see these this many. No, yeah. at no time did we have this many guys throwing this much juice. They were talking last night uh, in the Phillies uh, Nats game. This guy, this donkey, Sir Anthony Dominguez, for the Phils, like just a nobody. Sir Anthony, S E R A N T H O N Y. That kid throwing a million miles an hour, throwing about a hundred all the time. And A Rod's like, used to be you didn't see but more than one or two elite guys that could pop a hundred. And here's this guy up here throwing gas. Of course, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper turned on it like it was nothing because he's an elite hitting talent. Yes, And flat and fast can get hit in the majors and will get hit in the, in the majors, right? That's true. Okay. Generally speaking, they'll catch up to it. But the, this kid that pitched in uh, for St. Louis the other night, that Jordan Hicks throws like 103. And it's like, but there's, you've never seen like everybody, the baseline now is the mid to high 90s. Yeah. Sir Anthony Ambioris Dominguez Tavares, Dominican, big kid, 6'1", rangy, 23 yeah. years old, 185, throws absolute gas. What's going on in Packerland? This is the, uh, well, you talk about dead time in sports radio. That's because this is the deadest time on the NFL calendar. This is everybody's last gasp. Even the uh, GMs and coaches are on vacation right now. Okay. But Everybody. What are your beat writers up there cooking up as stories? Because their editors are like, we got to have some Packer well, the, content. They're have retrenching some content. or they're doing uh, the big thing here with our beat guys. And bless them, because I was part of this complex for a while, too. And I railed against it as a beat guy. But they do um, the position by position series. Yep. They go position by position in the draft. They'll go position by position like in mini camp. They'll go position by position in training camp. They just they can't get enough of the series of stories because it's like a no-brainer. You look at a position and you d- dive into the, you know, what the competition is or what the injury status is of the guy who's holding the job, the incumbent, but that's the um oh man, it's it, it's a crutch in some ways and I I did my share of those. And I used to bitch about it to my editors because they had us do it. The football guys started doing it, and then they said, hey, let's do this during spring training. And I, I was covering the Brewers, and for probably six straight years, Jeff Jenkins was the starting left fielder. And I had you know, run out of ways. I, I think I'd interviewed his seventh-grade math teacher. I'd run out of ways to make it interesting to write about Jeff Jenkins in spring training. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we just shit-can this position-by-position thing? Spring training is a month and a half. I'm going to write about everybody at some point. Why do it have to be all condensed into one week? Well, that's the way they like to start camp. 
And it's like, you, you give it, that's the way they like it. And then starting that's pictures today, the way they really like pictures it. tomorrow. And it's like, and they, one of the editors said to me, well, I think our readers like this and they've come to ex- expect it. And I said, it's because it's all we've fucking given them for a year. Right. It's like, why don't we do something you know, different? You know, the prisoners really like that gruel. How do you know? Well, they eat it every day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's the thing. And so we're gearing up and then it won't be long before we'll start getting our and everybody basically does it no matter what paper you're reading or what beat guy. And they go position by position and then they start camping. How'd how'd you like the fact that three networks added three referees analysts in the last week? Well, your favorite guy got a job. Triple went to ESPN. The shock was, to me, Gene Steratore hanging him up because he's maybe the best guy along with Hockley. He was retiring. He went to CBS. And then Terry McCauley uh, went to, uh, well, not Fox. Uh, he went to NBC, I think. These guys are going where the real loot is, TV. So, well, uh, you know, I, Pereiro to me was the gold standard and was good. And then uh, your other buddy. Um, oh, Dean Mike Blandino, no. Oh, yeah, Dean Blandino. <laughs> well, Dean Blandino never did it on the field, so I no. never had respect for him. Now, Pereira never did it. Well, Pereira was a referee back in the day. Yep. You can find photos of him as a referee. Yep. So I have respect there. Blandino was just a video coordinator. A weasel had worked his way up you know, the food chain. Yeah. And he's not as good as Pereira, not as in command. Um, we'll see how Steratore well, is. I just don't like the fact that both Hockley and Steratore are gone. Like Those guys would hold down solid. important big-time games. The NFL in this regard is now worse off with these guys retiring. And I heard someone say that next year they're forcing all referees to go full-time. And therefore, guys like Steratore and Hockley, Steratore refs college basketball, and Hockley is an attorney, they're like, well, I'm not going to quit my other job just to go, this. quote, yeah. full-time, so I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, it's going it. to be a degrade. You lose that institutional knowledge. It's not It's not going to be as good. But here's my thing. Okay, in this era, and if we want to be transparent, rather than have uh, an idiot like Jeff Triplett, who yes. butchered more calls than he you know, has a, had a right to, rather than go to him and have him try to guess and, like, we'll have Aikman and Buck and him try to guess what's going to happen, and then often they're completely wrong – Show us what's happening in the fucking room in New York. Just mic those guys exactly. as they're making the call. Why is it that hard? Right. Let us see the sausage being made. Unless they don't want us, true, to see the sausage being made. Unless they they're saying, hey, let's comments. put our thumb on the scale. They don't want to say, well, we're, we're on the road here. Dallas is struggling. Let's help them out here. Uh, touchdown stands. Yeah, that's... If not, if you're looking for com- complete transparency in the process, let us mic those guys and then let us l- in on that conversation and then we don't need to guess what's going to happen. All right. I think we have successfully come to the end of our run here, which, as you know, means a <laughs> weekly tradition unlike any other. If you need a second, I'll go first. You tell me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to rock. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Drew Olson, you got 60 seconds unload. My, my fuck that guy is the I'm not impressed by anything guy. The jaded sports fan who's not impressed by anything. Uh, did you ever see the old MASH episode when Hawkeye talks about it, the greatest joke ever? The guy who comes to the circus to, for an audition, he flies around the big top and comes back down, and the guy says, is that's all you do is, is bird impressions? Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck that guy is, okay, LeBron's kid tried to dunk in a 7th or 8th grade game. And missed badly. He missed. missed. And so, yeah, but it was kind of a cute moment. LeBron reacted. It's a viral video today. 
And there are, there's an army of guys saying, what's the big fucking deal about a guy trying to dunk in seventh grade? A lot of people dunk in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, but they're not LeBron's kid. Get over yourself. Of course it's going to be news that a guy tried to dunk. Okay, but shouldn't That's you be mad at problem. LeBron's kid for trying to dunk when he clearly can't dunk yet? Well, and he they're can, causing a turnover? Isn't that just a turnover? Shouldn't the fuck that guy be LeBron's no. kid, Bronny? He should try to dunk as much as he can. The thing is, really? there's a difference between dunking... Well, what, he can't matters, dunk, though, apparently. It matters that he loses in an AAU game. No, I mean, he could probably dunk with his getting his steps right stuff. The only way to do it is to practice and miss. I, I applaud him. The other, But the other side of this is that the unimpressed guy, like I tweeted something about how people are not paying attention to Mike Trout in the season that he's having. You, know, like, you look at the numbers and it's fucking, it's, it's criminal. It's incredible. It's, it's criminal. Incredible. It's incredible. It's yep. criminal. He's being criminally overlooked, and I'm trying to dive into why. First of all, it's baseball. They do a shitty job of marching their, marketing their stars. It's a regional game. But then some guy tweets at me and said, what's the big deal? It's like all of a sudden you fucking sports media guys are just finding out about this guy. I'm in five fantasy leagues, and he was the first draft in every one. <laughs> You're Wait just a minute. finding out about this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, to that guy in particular, fuck that guy who exactly. sent you that tweet. That guy is that, an That's the guy that pissed me off because it's like, oh, I'm in five fantasy leagues. Fuck you. You're an outlier. All right. My fuck that guy goes to one Neymar of Brazil, had one of the most egregious faking injuries to draw a penalty and a red card the other day at the World Cup. Everyone I know says, amongst all of the flopping bitches in soccer, nobody combines the talent that Neymar has with the bag of shit fakery. Stop it, Neymar, you're the worst. Fuck that guy. I love it. All right, Drew, people can listen to you on the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They can also listen on the iHeart app. They can also follow you on Twitter at Drew Olson, MKE. All right, buddy. Good to talk to you. Thanks for the good summertime topics, and we will see you next week. We'll kill some more next week. There you go. We'll end with this today. Your online shopping spree free ride is over. Supreme Court ruled last week that sales tax will now be required for online purchases even when companies don't have a physical brick-and-mortar presence in the state in which you live. This ruling overturns nearly 50 years of legal precedent, and it immediately got me to think, well... This is maybe just what I needed to break my addiction to buying cameras from B&H Photo in New York. No! Not possible! Not possible! You're buying a $1,500, $2,000 mirrorless camera or lens or whatever, you know, that sales tax can add up. Of course, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, a flat-out nightmare for small businesses. As I was reading the stories about how this is going to be done, it it, I, it was even more complex. Shut up, Internet. More complex than I ever thought it would be. Mute site. Bang. Okay. I'll just mute the computer. Adrian Kozowitz, who pays $3,300 a year for tax compliance software for sales in her home state, expects that collecting taxes in other states will raise costs by a manageable 10% at her Seattle-based online business called Play It Safe World Toys. The cost can be reduced for retailers who sell to customers in the 24 states that participate in the Streamlined Sales Tax Agreement, a plan aimed at simplifying tax collection. 
Under that agreement, retailers can use a sales tax compliance service of their choice without charge for transactions in the participating states, according to Craig Johnson, executive director of the Streamlined Sales Tax Governing Board. There are still many unknowns, however. The ruling upheld a South Dakota law that exempts sellers with $100,000 or less in sales in the state. Other states are free to set their own thresholds, but it's not known what they might be or how long it would take for all the states to weigh in. It's also not known if Congress might set a uniform ceiling that all states would have to adhere to. States must also announce states by which retailers must be in compliance. He sugge- uh, One uh, consultant suggests retailers consult with their accountants to determine the states where they should be in compliance with the tax codes. The software and services are designed to work with the programs retailers use to process their sales transactions. They are linked to databases that track tax rates in the 45 states that charge sales tax, because five of them don't, and in the thousands of counties and municipalities that have their own taxes. So there's some counties and there's some municipalities that have their own taxes. But using the compliance services won't be without complications, says Jamie Yesnowitz, an accounting specialize, an accountant specializing in state and local taxes with the firm Grant Thornton. It's not as easy as pushing a button because businesses will need to make decisions about where they're going to collect tax. If a company doesn't expect to reach a threshold in a state, it may not it may decide to not collect tax. Also, some companies might say, well, It's too much of a hassle to collect state sales tax in Wyoming or Idaho because I don't make many sales in those states. So click, I'm now going to press a button on my site that says I do not sell or ship to Idaho or Wyoming. Oh, God, what a friggin' headache. But money, money, money. You knew this eventually was going to end. Wait until they find a way to tax the internet itself. Because they're, they're working on that. They're working on that. And that day, unfortunately, is coming. Two. That'll be a wrap for today. I should have ended on something positive. You know what? The positive is I'm going to buy that new Sony a7 III with the 24-105 to F4 constant lens before my trip to Scotland, and before the state sales tax kicks in. Mm, as long as they get them in stock. So that that's your uplifting story of the day right there. That'll be a wrap for us or for me. Thank you. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that Reddit thread about how great the Zabecast is. Leave a positive review and rating. Download subscribe to all the major outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. Just remember, it's the dead of summer, so if you don't like the topics... Take a vacation from me or from sports radio and come back in September. Nobody is going to begrudge you of that. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. 
The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.